From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in challenging, time-sensitive Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are resource management in games and boss battles. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. What's up, y'all? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Are we testing out catchphrases? Uh, I didn't bring one. I- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the memo? That's <sighs> okay. You can use my dang for this episode. Oh, okay, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll work up to it. All right. <laughs> um, welcome, new listeners, if, if you're new. Yeah, um, we 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 did notice a bit of a spike recently, yeah. and we, we've been making some outreach uh, at GDC and elsewhere, and so we wanted to sort of take some time out of the top of this episode just to say hello, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah. Um, please dig into the archives and listen to all our old episodes because then we don't have as much pressure on this and <laughs> episode next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we don't. We do this at the end of the show. We talk about how to get in touch with us, and you know, please, uh, you know, uh, like and subscribe and all that sort of thing. <laughs> the creators are, are now forced to make part of their artistic endeavors. Yeah. Um, but we thought we'd just uh, talk a little bit at the top. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, at Nice Games Club, so where we're on Twitter. Yes. And um, contact at Nice Games Club if you have questions about the show, if you want us to address a topic, um, or you, you know, any follow ups or criticisms or whatever. We're we're happy to. To, to hear from you yes uh, and of course uh, review us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts because that helps even more people uh, listen to us and we don't really hammer that home a lot um, but it's really important because we're a niche program with a niche audience <laughs> and uh, we want to reach you so if you like what we do um, hopefully you can take a couple minutes to help us uh, bring it to more people yeah I've got an itch in nature no matter what you say I've got an itch in nature it's gonna stay that way. <laughs> I have an itch in nature, and so do you. Everything that's living has an itch in nature too. Yeah. There we go. That that was Wonderful. my review song that performance. <laughs> Did I have enough resonance and presence? <laughs> I've been taking some voice lessons recently. So. Yeah. 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 How is that going? It's been really fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've just had one, but okay. It <laughs> makes me. It's me. See, there we go. I just messed up. <laughs> it's making me think a lot about consonants and resonance in your face, like making parts of your face vibrate while you're talking so oh. that people can, it will make more vibrations for people to hear and sitting up straight and all of those things. Yeah. So it's very and exciting. As you do that, I am more cognizant of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you are now too. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Martha, you're going to the League of Legends Championships? Yes, the NA Championships um, for the spring split in St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> oh, well, there's the spring split and then there's the summer split, which are the two different. Oh, I got it. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, like, so you play, it's like, it's like the seasons. Yeah, so, like, okay. spring oh, season, gotcha. summer season, yeah. and then at the end of those, uh, the, they add up all the points everyone's got, and then. Do the the finals? Or yeah, something? finals. Okay. okay. Cool. So this is just the end of the spring season, mm. basically. So, yeah, I'm really excited. We have really good seats, Ooh. and it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And maybe Sneaky will be there, and he's my favorite. And <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I, hope I will to yeah. hear more about it uh, in a future episode. I will definitely report back. Yeah, yeah. we've talked about it on the show before, but you don't play League of Legends anymore, right? 
No. But you watch it a lot. Yes. Yeah. And that's probably, that's true for a lot of people, I imagine. It's become a real so. sport yeah. in that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ESPN shows the finals, yeah. so. <laughs> Which is really cool. Yeah. Dang, we've come a long way. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Man. And I'm sure, I'm sure I've asked you to do this uh, on a previous episode, but like, describe to me the appeal, like, uh, of, of viewing a match. Because, like, you wouldn't, I had the same reaction when Dylan was like, we're going to watch League of Legends now. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Lol, no, we're not. <laughs> but like, it's, it's just as fascinating as watching a sport, mm-hmm. uh, like a physical sport because... Well, that's fine, but what's the appeal? <laughs> <laughs> well, because you don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like some games are boring. Like yeah. you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Especially if one team is so much better than the other one and they just crush oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Which, that's never fun to watch and that's been the past couple worlds has been like one korean team beating everybody and ah. it's like okay well why even bother yeah. <laughs> um but when there's two teams that are like evenly matched it gets so tense like you're watching like you just don't know what's gonna happen yeah, and, yeah. and then people can pull off these amazing like shows of skill mm-hmm. um like they do something totally risky but then it pays off in the end and like they end up like watching the underdog come back up through the ranks and yeah. things like that that's it like the story of it is really fun mm. to follow yeah. i guess and at these big tournaments the i've seen clips of this stuff and what how it's it's in a stadium and they you know they put it of course people who are like cynical about this like you know older folks will be like i just, just watching a bunch of people play on their computers you know mm. but like i'm actually curious as to how physically these events are staged yeah i'm really curious because mm-hmm. even though they have cameras and and stuff like that and you you can see like where the audience is and stuff yeah, like yeah. it still will be interesting to see what the experience is like mm-hmm. because like whenever they go into gameplay the all of that goes away and yeah. you know on your screen you just see what the players see so it'll be really interesting to see what the experience is, is actually sitting physically there because yeah. that focus won't happen. So. Yeah, I bet it's I bet it's a similar experience to like watching a basketball game in in the courts or not in the courts. <laughs> I'm not trying to get trampled by basketball players, but uh, you know, like yeah, seeing them like live, like in, yeah. in person. It's like because I I've gone to some basketball games and like it's a very different experience. It's like way less serious because <laughs> there's always like halftime shows and things like that. And they like, you know, throw T-shirts at you so you can get free things and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's like way less serious than it would be when you're watching it on TV. They take it way more. The, the announcer is like has a very serious demeanor. Right. Yeah. And a stern voice and stuff. Right, yeah. But it's a circus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it it really is. That's what sports is. Yeah. Well, yeah. There was a there was a PhD student at the theater department at mm-hmm. the U of M when I went was an in that department mm-hmm. yeah. and her whole thesis was on this, the theater of sport and yeah. how, like how the show captures people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, at least it'll be entertaining if nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part of it, I think it's just going to be being in the same room with a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think that's true, uh, you know, for like a football game or a baseball game, a lot of times you just watch it on the jumbotron. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really different from an esport, exactly. You know, you yeah. can you can maybe take a glance over at the dugout or something, but like how much better of an experience is that in terms of the game itself? Mm-hmm. But it's about the being there, mm-hmm. right? With all the other fans, just like we talked about in our fandom episode. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to get like glow sticks or LED? Yeah. yeah we're going to wear a lot of jerseys and yeah. all of that stuff. I'm very nice. excited. <laughs> so Take some pictures. I will if I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Um, 
So should we get started with my topic? No. Oh. Okay, um, now now it's fine. Um, hey. <laughs> so. In, yep. Oh uh, wait. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> New um, listeners, you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's too much pressure. Um. So in League of Legends, for example, uh-huh. you have to mm-hmm. manage. No, that's dumb. Uh, you have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we're watching golf now. <laughs> She's tearing up the shot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Steven, we don't want to lose our new listeners. Re- resource management in games. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Just like you have to manage your talking on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, one of oh, your, your patented uh, transitions, TMTM. TM. Uh, it's one of the greats. Put that on a wall. Yeah. Put that one uh, on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. You're fine. Some days you got one. Some days you just don't. Uh, yes. Resource management in games. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like resource management in developing games because that's like... We are sick of talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I'm talking about things like mana when you're a wizard or something in a in a game. Right. Uh, wizard needs food badly. Exi- yes, health is a resource. I actually did not take notes on that, but like because I, I guess I didn't necessarily want to talk about health, but that is a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, um, these kinds of things, uh, you know, uh, they the uh, game developers put in your game to like limit you in some way or to change your thinking about like how to approach these abilities. Right. Um, oh, like cooldowns. Like in League of Legends, there are cooldowns. Yes. Oh. And there's something you have to manage. <laughs> yes. Wow, a rare treat of one of Martin's, Martha's, Martha's patented late transitions. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow, you're getting the whole buffalo this episode. Continue. Yes, okay. Um, so... Um, and uh, we, Fintons has, uh, you know, an abundance of, it, it, in, in fact, had way more resources than it needed in the past. Um, but, like, I, I've been uh, developing games with a bunch of resources and stuff mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but this is just the stuff I've found and learned about and uh, researched. Um, but I'd love to hear other people's thoughts of these things because, like, you know, I love talking about really esoteric game design concepts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, why would you add these resources to your game? Why can't you just, you know, allow me to always use all the things all the time at any point? Because that's not as fun as you'd think it would be. Uh, you know, games generally need a limit in some way. Uh, because otherwise you're just, or, or, or you're making a sandbox game, which is, you know, fine. But um, it's a different kind of game. Um, and they can lead to, like, interesting systems and stuff. Because, like, um, you have to think about what you, you have to think about uh, how you're using your moves and how you're using them so that you can save your resources for the right time. Or you really need them at this moment and you want to just spend them all. It gives the game some high points and low points. Um, and it, it, you know, you have to make interesting decisions as you're doing it. Um, and it can really signify the importance of your abilities. Um, because like something that costs like all of your mana is going to be extremely powerful versus something that costs like one mana is, you know, you can use it all the time, but it's not going to do that much. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring up like the different types of stuff and, uh, uh, the different things you can do with them. Um, at least, and from what I've found from it, like, the the different feelings you get from like approaching uh, a game with this resource, yeah, uh, yeah. So like uh, mana is the pivotal one. I don't know the one that everybody thinks about mm-hmm. uh, magic and stuff like that. Um, 
I your found, action bar. Yes, your action bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I found that it encourages like a smart use of your move set um, because um, you you always have this resource and and mana specifically generally like recharges over time. Um, Is that true generally for most games? Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, okay. most games do tend to have that. Um, and in fact, they they will make it a stat that you can improve upon later. Right. right. Um, um. But like, it allows you to use your abilities whenever you want. But if you run out of resources, then you cannot use your abilities anymore. So you need to be smart about which ones you're using and why you're using them and when you're using. Them. I think in a lot of turn-based games, you'll have to like use mana potions or whatever yes. because not very many things are over time at that point. Yeah, I think that's the. Um, I guess I probably have more experience with like turn-based RPGs in fantasy settings. Yeah. Because I don't like fantasy setting games, so I tend to miss out on a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mana is, to me is just almost like ammunition or like a generic resource. But in terms of it being a re- renewable resource, like it being attached in the same neighborhood as cooldowns, yeah, I don't always think of it that way. But that is a, that's basically its common use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in like mana and cooldowns are kind of very similar, except yeah. like it's effectively a cooldown for your entire moveset as opposed to oh, yeah. cooldown for one specific ability. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, this also explains a lot of the um, uh, design that Fingence used to have. Yes. Where you did have those as separate elements. Yep. Um, and I remember that confused me greatly. Yes. And I'm glad you've taken it out, <laughs> but now now see where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wanted to get into that too, because uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we decided to, we used to have an energy meter, um, but we decided to get rid of it. Um, particularly because we wanted to uh, change up what uh, people were feeling in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, f- I found that like mana and stuff, like mana costs can really f- emphasize the power of ability. If something costs a lot of mana, then you know it's going to be very powerful. Yeah. Even if you don't necessarily say this thing deals a lot of damage or whatever. It's an effective language. Yes. Because it, me- it like, and power gets to be uh, abstracted. So like mm. you say, damage is one expression of power. Yes. But and also area of effect is another yes. expression of or, that. Or, or, or duration like, yeah. or anything. Yeah, exactly. And a player understanding power as being something that can apply to multiple things is a really it's a really easy way to explain that to somebody yes. yeah yeah you can just look at a number and go this is a higher number <laughs> so it's probably better <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um um you can also uh you can also like change the the power curve that a player is experiencing in the game um by like giving them a certain amount of stats and stuff that will allow them to almost mitigate the necess- necessity to like pay attention to your mana costs mm. in a lot of instances like for example uh if you have 100 mana and then you get one mana every second um, in your ability uh, uh, and you're going 60 miles per hour <laughs> <laughs> right yeah maybe I'm being a little bit too detailed about it. <laughs> um, but just like in an instance where like you need to if you need to be like League of Legends specifically I've noticed has this like curve where um, the first state of the game um, a lot of times you need to pay attention to what abilities you're using because your mana is so limited and once you're running out of mana your opponent can capitalize on that and you know kill you um, whereas later on in the game, um, you've accumulated enough items so that like your mana costs are not nearly as important as they were in the past. Mm-hmm. You can spam things as much as you want, but all your other, uh, your opponents can also do that. And so like, that's still something you have to consider. And so as a result, that game also has cooldowns. You ha- uh, cooldowns are much more important in that point than, mm-hmm. than mana mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, a lot of, you know, RPGs use mana systems like this, uh, mm-hmm. turn-based ones in particular. But um, they're also popular in action RPGs like League of Legends and things like that. Uh, yeah. Um, also, cooldowns. Those are things. Those are specific to like abilities most of the time. Um, where like when you use this ability, you have to wait a few seconds before you can use it again. Um, this um, 
this thing like encourages you to approach your abilities just using them when you need them. Um, especially high, high cooldown ones, because if you use an ability that takes two minutes to cool down, uh, if somebody comes at you in a minute and you need this ability, you are uh, screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's useful in that is that when you make that mistake, yeah. it's, there's no, you don't ever blame a developer for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's, a really, it's an easy way to teach uh, strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I've also found that like this is an easier thing to balance around, um, specifically mm-hmm. when you're like giving um, items and things to your to your players uh, or your builds or whatever to you know make yourself more powerful. Because um, as long as you're not like giving players uh, cooldown reduction all over the place, then like it's a fairly balanced system. You've mm-hmm. already balanced it by using the cooldown numbers. Uh, yeah, uh, but like they don't really scale well to, into like late game stuff. Like I said, uh, oftentimes you want to prevent players from getting too much cooldown reduction. And by cooldown reduction, I mean like taking your thing and like a five second thing and reducing it by 25% or something. Uh, because then eventually, then the, if you give them 100% cooldown reduction, then your cooldowns literally do not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a mode that almost made me play League of Legends again where oh, yeah. they. Took away all cooldowns. Oh, is that the that's the that's the Earth, ra- Earth sub- mode? Yeah, yeah. Ultra rapid fire. Yeah, fun. Uh, there's a whole League of Legends. We should probably have an episode of League of Legends. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But um, yeah, well, I'm gonna uh, be sick that week. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you if you reduce your cooldowns too much, then like uh, the the actual cooldown is you know arbitrary and unnecessary. Right. And then you can just do whatever you want. And but then also you, if you you've you you reach that point over yeah. time. It's a feeling of empowerment to a That's player. That's true. Yes, but it, it's still like that. It it would it scales to a point where like it's too much power, and then you're in a sandbox mode again. Well, you, can you always just increase somebody else's numbers? Like, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's there's always another way. I mean, to then it's different up. between like uh, PVE versus PVP, right? Yes. How how you do yeah. those sort of things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, I, I'm, I guess from this in particular, I'm thinking of this in a PVE setting mainly, okay. but, uh, you know, yeah, in a PVE, PVP setting, yeah, you don't want people throwing their most powerful abilities at you literally every second they can. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, uh, action games use a lot of this thing. Uh, um, in particular, like uh, Risk of Rain, I, I brought it up mm. in the last episode, but Risk of Rain 2 just recently came out um, as of two weeks ago. Calendar math. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it has it has a lot of cooldowns and stuff, and you know, like your more your more powerful um, abilities have longer cooldowns, so you try to save those for opportune moments um, and the most efficient moments, mm-hmm. and that could be like a fun um, approach to the game. At least that's something I enjoy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then there's uh, ammo systems, which is uh, you know always found in well not always, but oftentimes found in shooters and such. Um, it's kind of similar to mana, except uh, you need to actively find your ammo. Um, most of the time, um, and so it can encourage exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, like Doom um, was uh, does this very well, where like you you know you have a limited ammo uh, source, um, but like it, it the game itself has quick movement and encourages you to like actively look for ammo so you can keep shooting at things because if you can't shoot at things, you can't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found that like a lot of games nowadays do not. Uh, a lot of shooters nowadays do not really use ammo to, in interesting ways. It's just like a um, an old system that they kind of retroactively put into the game because it. Because it seems it's like shooting, especially in third-person action games yeah. that I've played recently. It yeah. seems like ammo is there just to get you out of cover. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you could just shoot from where you are forever and get you know kill all the enemies. Mm-hmm. But it's the only time you ever run out is yeah. when you're camping somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, you pretty much always have as many bullets as you need for all your various guns. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird because then it's a mechanic that kind of hits you unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah exactly it. Yeah, the game like uh, a lot of newer games tend to encourage you to be just shooting constantly till you can't anymore. And um, uh, yeah, they oftentimes will throw an abundance of ammo at you. I guess until the developers decided that you shouldn't have that ability. Well, the problem um, I have with games like that yeah. is that I always have max ammo. Yeah, and if I'm I, I shoot three bullets and I have and I'm down three bullets mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of ammo packs like behind me. Yeah, I'll go back for them. Yeah, because like I want. I always want to have max ammo for yeah. every situation. Yeah. And it ends up being kind of debilitating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give me weirdly, even though they put all this ammo out, it means I'm always, I always have a full a magazine. Yeah, and yeah. then I want to keep my full magazine. Yeah, that's totally it. Almost yeah. the opposite of what they think that's giving you more ammo gives you. Don't you want to open all the boxes though? Well, there's that. That's actually that's a big motivation for Dale. <laughs> <laughs> my wife will it, 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 playing Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. She. Uh, every time she opens a, an ammo cache, she's like, box punching. She like sings it and, <laughs> and just does a little, che- yeah. That's and, great. Yeah. And when she is maxed out on something, yeah. she's super bummed out Aww. that she can't trigger the box punching animation. That's why playing um, multiplayer Borderlands 2, which I mm-hmm. range about a lot, uh, <laughs> as you all know, um, you if you're playing multiplayer, you can always pick up ammo no matter if you can have it you are full or not right. because yeah. the other player might need it. Mm-hmm. So the game will just let you pick it all up ev- all the time yeah. because it's shared between everyone. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that's, really that's great. It makes box opening a, way more fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> something I had an issue with in the older Vernalands because like I, there would be ammo and like I don't even use the ammo but I'm full in it and I was like I, I there's a pickup. I can't pick it up. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah like, I like it when games encourage you to actively find ammo or um, encourage you to actively like build up resources. Mm-hmm. So like I think there are instances um, like the new Doom. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because we just talked about it. Okay, it's not really a joke. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> well, when you mentioned Doom before, I wasn't sure if you meant oh, 1992 oh, or... 2016 Doom. Yeah, I, I have, but it's kind of true of both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the newest one encourages you to like, well, specifically with health, it encourages you to actively, you know, go up in front of uh, enemies and punch them so you can get you uh, spill out health and also blood and guts. Yeah. Um. And so uh, that game like encourages you to keep moving and run into enemies and kill enemies. Yeah, it's an anti cover shooter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so um. I think that I, I'm not sure exactly how like that game manages ammo specifically but i know that like with health which is you know your ultimate resource if you run out of health you're, you're you lose the game uh, it uh gives you it gives you the incentive to keep moving so a- i like it when ammo is used in that kind of a way which encourages you to like do interesting things in the in the moment mm-hmm. because you're running out of ammo and you know now that i think about it um battle royales are kind of bringing ammo systems back yeah. uh because like you start out in the game with like no resources and you have to actively find them or compete with other players in order to get those resources. Um, and that's really interesting. Yeah. That's why they're so popular right now. Mm-hmm. A little too popular, but that's a separate <laughs> discussion. <laughs> um, and then as like a small thing, I wanted to bring up Super Meters because it's a fighting game thing, and you know how I am about fighting games. Uh, um, oftentimes with Super Meters... Uh, like This is like the EX or whatever yeah, meters? Exactly, okay. yeah, exactly, in, yeah. In, uh, like Street Fighter, for example, um, you, you build meter when you deal damage to your opponent, um, or your opponent deals damage to you. Mm. Um, 
And so as a result, uh, it's like a participation trophy. A little bit. <laughs> you get more. I think you get more uh, meter when you deal damage to things. Oh, okay. But I mean, like you can use it as a comeback mechanic too, because mm-hmm. uh, once you're, you know, as you're building meter, you get more. You get access to more powerful abilities. Um, it, but you have to use up that meter in order to use it. Um, and so you can use that, like if you're getting stomped. Um, and, but you see an opportunity to use your super meter, you can use it, and then like you can get back into the game. Yeah. But it can also be used as a way to end the game quickly if you're, you know. If you're stopping somebody and you see an opportunity to end them quickly, then mm-hmm. you use it. Uh, <laughs> um, and it, it also uh, moves a lot of the decision making towards the end of the game, or a lot of that kind of decision making towards the end of the game. So, like, you start the game with just your base abilities, mm-hmm. and then, like, your abilities expand over time, which is, you know, a, a neat thing that mm-hmm. uh, I like about fighting games and such. Um, yeah. Um, I, I know other games also have, like, super meters and things like that. Um, um, and uh, I guess, like, Talk about it like in, in Treasure's deck, we're adding a sort of a meter thing now. Yeah. Uh, where, um, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. I don't know. I'll, I'll <laughs> Ooh, secrets. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll, I'll talk about it in another episode. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, puzzle games of that variety. Yes. They do have super meters as you, like, as you make matches and such like that. Yeah. Um, you'll like build up meter and you can use that to send a block to your opponent or other special things. Right. Uh, Tetris 99, uh, like, has a whole spin on that um i where you can like a target players yeah yeah uh, with as that you stuff. make matches yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't think it has a, a super meter and uh specifically but i know like super puzzle fighter has yeah yeah super yeah meters cause I, I just mean more generally the yeah. idea of, of being able to like use your successes to build up a you know yeah. a, 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 an attack of some kind yeah that's, yeah. that's totally in tetris 99 mm-hmm. stuff. yeah um yeah um the, you know, the nice thing about all these resources is a lot of them are mixed and matchable. League of Legends has both mana and cooldowns. Um, and in fact, like, uh, there are some characters that have like different kinds of resources. Like there's one, this group of characters like the ninja characters that have, what's it, Ko or Key or something. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but like it We're re- going to not look that up or put it in the show notes. Yep. <laughs> um, it resur- it uh, recharges extremely quickly compared to mana, but you only have like a hundred of it compared to like a lot of people's mana pools are like a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you can throw a bunch of abilities really quickly, but then you're just out of abilities. Whereas another person um, has to be more cognizant of what abilities they can use, um, but they are more likely to be, um, but they'll like, you know, they'll eventually run out of be- abilities to use. Some don't have. Well, there's that one character, Zach, I think, who doesn't yeah. even have mana. Yeah. His mana and health are combined. So right. if you use your ability, you hurt yourself. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> he's this big glob creature. Yeah, and that changes up your like decision making because like if you're using an ability, you're also hurting yourself. So like, are you using too many abilities? Is this gonna is this gonna bite you in the rear end later on? Yeah, things like that. And that's not a totally uncommon mechanic. No. To, uh, sometimes it's like an optional bonus will be like you, using this weapon will hurt you or whatever mm-hmm. but it's always based on this idea of like you have a lot of power but you you can only sometimes feel safe to use it yeah right yeah yeah oh man I love this, this, this discussion I love these <laughs> discussions <laughs> um, so uh, for example with, with Fingence, um we had originally designed the game to have an energy meter and it had cooldowns Mm-hmm. Um, and we migrated against it largely because like it, it unnecessarily like complicated a lot of people's decision making in the moment to moment gameplay and for people unfamiliar Fingence is a it's like a twitch action game yes, it's a cooperative side scrolling shoot 'em up yes right. uh, so can- managing that sort of things required a little more cognitive overla- overhead than you 
than players were comfortable with in the moment. Yes. Yeah, and then we were comfortable forcing players to go through in the moment. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. were comfortable with for a good long while. We were, yes. Um, I remember some, I, I didn't like it a lot, and I remember like arguing with you guys, like, yeah. this is not great. Yeah, well, I mean, and the game is better for changing it, frankly. Um, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you came to it on your own, but I remember being like initially being turned off by it. Mm-hmm. But it, but it like it's it's it, it it makes it more complicated because like shoot 'em ups are already like you have to pay attention to a lot of things that are happening on the screen already. Yeah. Um. So like adding the necessity to not only balance whether or not your ability is available due to cooldowns, but also whether or not you have the resource to spend that to use that ability was too much. Um. The reason why we added it in is because like in in uh vengeance you can uh purchase things that will increase your abilities and it would increase your like energy uh, recharge rate and stuff like that. Yeah, um, And so we wanted more stats for people to be able you to You built buy. a system that was very flexible and had the ability to add a lot of variety. Yes. So you wanted a mechanical system to accommodate that. Yes. Um, and I think that's, I think you, in, in anticipation of using that a lot more than you probably ended up doing. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, we did experiment with other like sources of uh, uh, things too. Like we had, one of our characters uh, used to have like an ammo system. Um, they didn't have to find ammo, but like it, it would recharge over time, I guess. But like, uh, yeah. it was you only had like four instances of it, and you had to wait like thirty seconds before you could use it again, or something. Right, like that. right. And it was like the big shotgun shell things. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we like, experimented with a bunch of different things in the time because uh, Vengeance was inspired a lot by like RPG mechanics and stuff, mm-hmm. but we wanted to implement that, and it was shoot 'em up. Um, so uh, yeah, we we went back and forth on it. I guess uh, we you know, talked it through and stuff. And we decided to get rid of the energy because um, it didn't, it wasn't necessary to add that co- additional cognitive load. Um, and um, I think that like the game is a lot better for it. It's simpler and more approachable. And we, and part of the reason why we uh, designed the, the game is to make the game more approachable, the make shoot 'em ups more approachable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately yeah. it was a clash with the sort of the UX of the game yeah. and that the system, there's nothing wrong with the system itself. Yeah. It's just that like, it was hard to display on screen, that communicate yeah. to users, yes. and all that happened to, needed to happen repeatedly over and over again mm-hmm. as the game went on. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 there was nothing wrong with the system. Yeah. Exactly. It just you couldn't find a way to communicate it to players without subtracting from other systems. Yeah. And um, I want to take this moment to emphasize how crucial it is to play test your game. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> because like if, if, if we had just played the game on our own, we, we had grown accustomed to the energy meters. But um, if we hadn't shown it off to people, uh, we wouldn't have known how difficult it was to actually manage all of those things. Yeah, um, yeah it was really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to bring up Metro Nexus too because like, <laughs> I, that has an interesting resource um, that like, you build over time. Uh, so if you could explain yeah, that a little so bit. Yeah, so in, in Metro Nexus, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a four-player competitive multiplayer game. Yeah. And um, you, you drive over this little tile. I'm sort of describing it. We haven't talked about the, the game in a while because yeah. we've been wearing our widget hatch for so long. <laughs> but um, you, you drive over uh, these platforms on a single screen, uh, and every, when you drive over them, you fill them with your color. So you claim them for yourself. So it's like Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it keeps track uh, in the, the, the HUD of uh, points, basically, every tile you collect. Yeah. But you can also remove tiles, either your own or your, your opponent's, to charge your weapon. Yeah. And so the, the ultimate result of it is that the, the score, essentially, is constantly changing, mm-hmm. balancing between players. And so the, re- the resources you manage 
are are how many points you have, which is territory. Yeah, and then um, uh, to a much lesser extent, the charge on your weapon. Yeah, because that's not um, it's it's a meter that fills up quickly, and then it has a max, and then you just fire it. So yeah. it's it's just like uh, it's like drawing a bow. Yeah. is is basically the mechanic. So really, the resource is your points. Yeah. And so hearing you talk about just how much you love all these systems, like, and you, we've had this discussion before, like, I don't like numbers in video games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to balance my checkbook. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, you know, I'm much more interested in um, resources that, that change the state of play. Yeah. And so in Metro Nexus, you want a higher score than your opponent, but you don't care what your actual score is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, but uh, in fitting with another theme of the game, there are players who want a maximum amount of, of available points. Right, yeah. And so there, you can play it in a different way. You can play it either just to have more than your opponent, which means you can focus on removing their territory and less about gaining yours because you can only, you can only spend your time on so many things at once. Right. Or you can focus on maximizing your own ability and trying to stay out of the way of other players who are all fighting for what's left. And so, um, which is, I, I've come to realize as a theme in the games I make, which is designing uh, like multiple ways for players to approach it that are equally valid. Yeah. And that's been, um, thinking of it in those terms, like is, is worked really well for me designing the system thinking yeah. like, you know, like how, what's the empowerment players are going to have by getting a lot of points? Well, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. And so what's the, what's the, what's the remedy for it feeling temporary? Well, then you need to have the ability to affect other people's resources yeah. um, in a way that, that, you know, is equal to how they can affect yours or how chance can affect it. Um, but generally I'm not concerned about somebody knowing what their score is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really. Um, because I'm, I'm not really about, I don't really like that in games very much. I don't like keeping track of my inventory or mana, or even health necessarily. Sure. I, I like to know if I'm low on health. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what my health number is. You know, yeah, I yeah. suppose. And really, a lot of games are like designed in that way so that like you don't know your actual health numbers, but like you yeah. can see there's a red vignette when uh, mm-hmm. you you know are low on health and stuff like that. Right, right. I think uh, developers have gotten a lot better over the years about knowing what players actually retain. Yeah, and then whether the system like oh yeah, you can see your 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 ammo amount, but like also if you change the color of the number as it gets lower, then players will understand that as a, like a state change. Yep, we do that in widget satchel when you get more widgets your weight increases in tiers Mm -hmm. so you don't necessarily need to worry about how many you have or like what what tier of of number you have yeah it makes it uh mechanically not less complicated in fact Mm -hmm. but it makes it much easier to understand yeah um and uh, metro nexus is like that to its logical extreme (laughs) basically (laughs) yeah yeah which is also why uh, when you pick up their power-ups in the game, which yeah. change what your weapon does, you can only ever hold one. Mm-hmm. So you can't... Uh, I, I did briefly toy with the idea of like um, picking up a couple of different power-ups and using them in sequence or cycling which one you're using. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that wasn't mechanically interesting sure, yeah. enough to, uh, to, to account for the fact that it was complicated for players to understand. Yeah. Um, so uh, simplicity and elegance is always what I want to go for, which shouldn't be the enemy of like actual like gameplay complexity. Yeah. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. Um, that's what's nice about these is that you can just put whatever you want in it, and it'll probably work. <laughs> well, that's the thing about it is there is there is a way to make any version of it make sense. Yeah, you just have to make sure it works for your game. Yes, and 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 a lot of times you'll find that like this is what I like about games, but it's not what's working for my game. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes it's hard to make to, to actually find that balance to to make the changes you wouldn't necessarily want to if it's different from your vision of it. Yeah, know, for example. <laughs> So, listeners, you've made it all the way through the dungeon. You have collected all the things and all of defeated all the enemies. And here you are in the penultimate room. And there's 
boxes for you to get the last bit of items and cooldown reductions and all those things you need before you enter the boss arena. (laughs) (laughs) Which is this topic. Boss battles! That's that's our theme. Mm -hmm. That's not our theme. Oh, wait. If you're a boss, then the Nice Games intro theme is our theme song. It's always our theme song. No, I know, but I mean like as a boss theme song. Just that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Dun, dun, <laughs> Martha dun, executed dun, a dun, perfect dun, transition. Dun, I know. And, dun, and, dun, you, dun, and dun. you had to go in and make it awkward, which means it's still a perfect transition. <laughs> <laughs> Martha, this is your topic. Yes. Yes. Uh, boss battles, which mm-hmm. are really fun. Or it can be really fun. Yes. <laughs> How can we make them really fun? <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to my boyfriend, Dylan, about this. And um, he his big thought about bosses is mm-hmm. that his favorites are ones that have found a balance between making a boss really unique and memorable, mm-hmm. but also not overwhelming the player by introducing new things that they've not done before. Oh, so they like yeah. fit with the level that they're in. Like they're a culmination of everything you've learned, but also like throw a little unique twist in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I've I, a lot of like good boss battles are basically like final tests at the mm. end of an exa- of the, of your you know uh, semesters. That's what they're called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the end of your semester, you That's you know put it. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've learned all these lessons. Uh, you've you've you know gathered all of this knowledge, and now this is the test. In order for you to pass, you need to defeat this boss. Um, that is oftentimes how they're used. Sometimes though, they will add like random mechanics and things that had nothing yeah. to do with what you just did. That's the oh, that's the most frustrating. That metaphor is incredibly useful because yeah. when a boss battle is bad, it's because it feels like it, it includes material that wasn't part of the course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is too much the same. Like it's so easy because the, it's not any different than any of the other things you just defeated. Yeah, it just right, happens like, to be in its own room. Yeah, or, why did I study this hard yeah. for this? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, like yeah someone hyped you up for for, it's gonna be so hard and then it's like the easy easy questions Mm -hmm. Uh, metaphor still works (laughs) I think one thing that makes boss battles good is some of the like game architecture around them like um, the most frustrating thing to me is getting to the boss and then not being able to defeat them the first time and then having to go back so far in a level like there's some more your save points are not necessarily set up in a great way so you have to like traverse stuff again to get to the boss again so right. every time every attempt at the boss is re- represents like so many hours of work and that makes me just want to stop the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes the, the those uh, post checkpoint pre-boss areas basically part of the boss fight yes and yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and i think another thing is like having something right before the boss that lets you um, like get back to your best self uh, after the level is really nice uh, for players because um, it gives them like a fair shot at the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes they, well, they'll, you know, telegraph that you're about to go to the boss when you get into the penultimate room. (laughs) But before that, you're like, oh man, I got to kill this thing. It's really hard. Eh, Spend all of my mana. I don't have any mana left. Let's go. Oh, dang it. The boss is next. 
Yeah. yeah, and then you're just screwed unless like it gives you resources to you know re- recharge. But a lot of times, so yeah, sometimes you'll see the weapon cache before the boss. Yeah, and that can feel good to a player, but part of it feels like a cop out from the developer. Oh, it's okay. like they didn't balance it enough to make you feel ready for the boss, so they have to like account for all the different because there's gonna be a def- bunch of different user states, right? Right. You either just barely make it to the room, or you like stroll through with all your stuff, mm-hmm. and then that experience is gonna be very different for those two players. That's true. And a developer doesn't always want to want to account for it. Um, but there are a lot of times the simpler games do this better because they have less to worry about but like Mega Man for example how much health you enter a boss room with and how much health you're comfortable entering a boss battle with is really interesting Yeah, Uh, in terms of a game convention is to feel like you make it through the level and you get to the end and maybe it's the first time you've reached it and you have very little health left like it makes you feel like that much more on edge Mm -hmm. and you know you're probably going to lose and you're like okay next time I'm going to see if I can make it it gives you motivation to even though you've beaten the level prior yeah. to that, it motivates you to do better on your next run through so that the boss is a little bit easier. Yeah. Right? That being said, with Mega Man in particular, like as soon as you get defeated by the boss, you just go right back to the room before the boss. Then like you have full health. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that first point is yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And I, I, I wish that like more games maybe did that. because uh, you know, that's just something that like you'd have to keep cognizant of. You know there's gonna be a boss at the end of this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you do well at the beginning of the game because like it's going to be a problem later on in the level. That's actually something we do in Fingen specifically. We have some characters that can heal you during the game, but like uh, the resources, you know, the resources, <laughs> the health you have um, in the game, uh, you know, will can get dwindled by the enemies before you reach the mini boss and the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to make sure that um, uh, you know, you take as little damage as possible so you have as much health as you can before, by the end of the game. Yeah, I find that a big motivating factor when, play, when I play Fingence. Yeah. Is to, yeah. Yeah. Ah. And, I mean, also a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the appeal of boss battles is just the experience in general. Like, it's, you know, it's the big bad. Um, so, like, it's just a larger fight than you have experienced in the past. Yeah, it has more health, more cool abilities, more, cha- like, challenging things yeah. to dodge. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the most memorable boss fights are the ones that are just like, you know, visually um, impressive a lot mm-hmm. of the times. I feel like um, in, in AAA games, I think I've heard that like a lot of games are designed with the set pieces first and then like they build out the story with it. And I'm sure that like the boss battles go in tandem with that. Like yeah. they'll design the boss battles and then they'll, you know, build out the rest of the game. That's how action movies are made too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's they'll true. send a location scout out to pick five places. Yeah. And then they'll write a movie for it. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Yeah. So you know you're getting the I mean awesome or terrible, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you're getting the, the the you know, the greatest experience in these moments. Because yeah. that that's what they wanted from this. Oh yeah. It, it's a it's mindful of like what the what the point of it is. In mm-hmm. a sense. Like this is the this is the thing we're making. This is what's important to us. Yeah. Yeah. One other part that I find really cool that uh, a lot of games do is they'll make the environment that the boss is in part of the battle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like maybe traverse difficult terrain to get around or like they where the boss will destroy part of the terrain yeah. as you're as you're moving. So it like makes it a both a challenge of defeating the big bad, but also like how do you how does you, how can you use the environment both for against you or for your advantage. Like like in some Zelda games, I think there's like, I forget which one, but one that I watch on Games Done Quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, where, where like you can use the flagpoles in this uh, boss arena yeah. to like swing around and defeat mm-hmm. the boss and stuff yeah. like that. 
Yeah. Um. I. 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 A lot of like like Super Meat Boy specifically. Like I think all of their bosses are literally just like platformer levels, but like you're running away from a big thing or like dodging a big thing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. And so like I I really like how they design those boss battles because like they're just levels that you already are accustomed to, but and they use the exact same mechanics that you've dealt with, but like in a in a way that thematically makes sense and makes it feel like it's a different thing, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. Um. But I think like an important thing about like boss battles is making sure that the opponent or that your player can like, uh, you know, deal with the certain things. Because if you make it too big, too bad, then like, you know, you just get wrecked and then that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure that like your player uh, can tell when your the boss is going to attack and stuff. Yes. Tells are like very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when the boss like some bosses have multiple forms and different things and. You have to make sure that each each form the boss takes has a has a good tell in many yeah. different senses to to make it easier for players to not have to guess. Yeah, like I think what was in Cuphead? Were you talking about a boss that like you don't even you had to guess like every time? Was that Cuphead? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I like we can talk about Cuphead and the various problems that I had with it, which is <laughs> a, a lot of it was because it was a boss rush game. Mm-hmm. You didn't really know anything about anything, yeah, and and it you didn't know like is this random or is it just a pattern I haven't deduced yet? And if it's a pattern I haven't deduced yet, how many times do I have to play this before I can reasonably be expected <laughs> to use it? Yeah, you know, it gives you not just like an un like an unknowability, but like a, the unknown unknown, right? Mm, mm. Which is very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think that Cuphead did a pretty good job, like with tells. You can kind of really clearly tell a lot of times when the the boss is going to do an attack, but it oftentimes it's unclear what the attack was going to do until it came out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, there's enough variety in that game that it was not. They didn't all work that way. Yeah, so, they're all cartoons. Too. So you couldn't really get even get used to that uncertainty. Yeah, they're all cartoons. So they could do like anything, <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't know until it happens. A lot of the time, I am the very model of a cartoon individual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I really liked about Ole Cuphead worked is that like every, all of the the entire game is just a set of boss battles. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting to a certain point in the boss battle changes like how that boss looks. And like changes how they interact and stuff oh, yeah, like each that. Each boss is three bosses. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not it's it, in a way that is good sometimes and not so good other times. Well, sometimes sometimes it'll it be completely changed yeah. and it becomes a totally different thing. That's true. But like I I like that aspect of it because like when you got to a certain point, you're like, oh man, I finally got to this point. What's gonna happen to this boss? And like mm-hmm. I got really excited about that. So yeah. I felt like I beat one boss. Um, and then like got to a new one, yeah, which made it exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you've done it the tenth, fifteenth, hundredth time, then it's you know. <laughs> oh yeah, the worst part in in, in Cuphead, and I th- yeah. and this is I missed by design for these types of games, yeah. but I didn't have a ton of patience for, which mm-hmm. was I would play it over and over and over again, yep. and I'd get past the first stage. And yep. like, all right, great, finally did it. It feels good. I feel like all the times I tried was you know I didn't feel bored or frustrated by it. It was good. It was tough it, it taught me a lesson now i know yeah yeah and then i go through the second time and i get kind of far because i've learned a little bit but then i lose my okay fine yeah. i start over and then i fail the first section like 15 more times yeah and it's just like it's not that's just not fun anymore mm-hmm. because it's not um a lot of times uh bosses with stages are designed in a way so that once you finally are able to beat it you are given the tools where where then it's much easier to beat it the next time yeah and that's a really hard thing to do correctly yeah. without making it actually easy or making it just a puzzle yeah because those games you know as much as I love puzzle games and puzzle bosses mm-hmm. that it, they shouldn't all be that way yeah um, but a lot of times you'll find that it becomes more of a matter of like a muscle memory 
uh, to do that first or second stage again. But Cuphead was not like that. Yeah, it stayed. It stayed as brutal, no matter how good you got at it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, uh, like Monster Hunter, I guess is also like a, a set of boss battles, isn't it? I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah, that's how that's how I thought about it because uh-huh. I don't necessarily like boss rush games. I never played Cuphead uh-huh. um, or any of the ones on our list of boss rush games. But um, so yeah, that's why I, I haven't been really attracted to Monster Hunter because all the monsters that you fight have an incredible amount of health and yeah. have very specific like here's how you defeat it. Like you have to hit this place with this ability and and things like that. And yeah. and it takes incredibly long. Like. Take us the whole afternoon to defeat one monster, right? Mm-hmm. So I see it as a boss rush game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's inaccurate. Like, I think it, like, you are fighting a bunch of large monsters. Um, and that is, like, the main draw and appeal of it is, like, you know, how, how quickly you can defeat this monster and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, would, I, I would agree with that. It's basically a bunch of bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, I guess that's the, the appeal of it. Uh, but I, I think like Monster Hunter is a good example of a game that like has a bunch of tells and stuff, but it's still very mm. it it's still like difficult. I think largely because like you as a player are limited in a lot of ways, um, in ways that are different from the monsters themselves. They're limited because I mean they're big bodies and uh, they uh, you know they can only do certain things, but like the things they can do uh, tend to overpower the things you can or can't do <laughs> in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you put raid bosses in this list of things? Oh yeah, so I that is a term from Borderlands, but I take it to mean any boss you can't defeat by yourself in a multiplayer game. Ah, <laughs> you have okay. to bring in other people. It's sure. made made for groups to right. defeat. Really common for MMOs. Yes. Oh, yes. Is the is it the fact that like it just has a lot of health and you it would just take like literally a day to defeat it? Yeah, by it's so powerful. Like and one attack from it can usually take people out. So what? You, oh, okay. So it's all. It becomes more about like managing your team and like making sure that everyone uh, is alive and yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and stuff like that and like coordinating your attacks. Yeah. Um, and isn't also like the weak point is at a place that only a certain player can reach when another player does a thing and yes, so requires yeah. teamwork. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're they're pretty fun because it it's all about. You know, yeah, working with the team and, and coordinating that kind of outside the game, metagaming yeah. it, um, which is pretty fun. I suppose that also provides you with a different experience because, like, if you're just going through a dungeon as a team, you can kind of just do your own thing. But as a when you're in a raid boss, you have to cooperate together. Mm-hmm. Yes, really cool. Yeah. So, um, one thing I thought about just now is um, another good thing to have with your bosses if if they are. Uh, if they're going to really take out your players' resources and stuff, is either have loot drops in the boss arena or have what some people call ads, which are... Ads? Uh, I don't know what that stands for, but I've heard it on a lot of like streams and stuff. Okay. Um, which are just other little things that are in the arena that you can defeat too without mm-hmm. fighting you. So like the little, yeah, little yeah. creatures that are all, like like in Destiny... Two, um, you'll have the big boss, but then you have all the regular enemies also coming at you, so you can defeat ah. them easy and get the the health drop or whatever. Yeah, this is uh, the game I think of when think about it is uh, Ratchet and Clank. Oh yeah, oh. it's full of that because yeah. it, the game is all about you know it's crazy weaponry. Mm-hmm. So even in boss battles, we have to sort of wait in time. It still lets you shoot things all the time <laughs> because that's part of the fun. And yeah, it's definitely how you get your you strategize 
in order to get your pickups. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. That just makes sense. And yeah. if you don't manage the ads as they're going around you, they can also overwhelm you too, mm-hmm. depending on in, in some games. Right, so. and that can be frustrating if you like are not prepared for that. You could be like, why, are, why is this extra challenge here? But without realizing it's really part of the, the, the strategy. Mm-hmm. And then once you figure that out, then that's one of those things that then definitely becomes really suddenly incredibly manageable. Yeah. Once you sort of get your mind around how it works. Yeah. I suppose you can also use it as a point of comparison because all these small enemies are coming and attacking and they do little damage and then there's this big thing coming in and slamming you and then you take like half your health. Uh, you know, it makes that thing feel that much more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Right. You get the comparison right there mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to just in your memory. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So I guess I wanted to talk, also talk about memorable bosses that we have known and loved <laughs> and defeated soundly. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite bosses? Um, I really like Kirby bosses. Uh, largely because like the final bo- Kirby games you know, are all cute and fun and stuff till you get to the end and then it's extremely dark and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> like you literally fight at the end of Kirby 64, you literally fight a giant white blob with, that's basically an eyeball um, and every time you hit it, it like cries blood. And it, oh god, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I love these games so much, but I do. <laughs> I think that's part of the appeal for me because I think just like Kirby, you're like charming and cute and adorable, but uh, also hide a secret darkness. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But I really like those because, like, all Kirby bosses, all, all, like, final Kirby bosses have, like, three states to them. And they always get, like, more and more creepy and, um, but more powerful as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, it, like, it feels like a really um, cool moment at the end of the game. Um, I like final bosses in general. just feel like really cool moments at the end of the game a lot of the time when done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just like Kirby bosses in particular that way. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Zelda bosses. Yeah. Uh, especially in the older games because... Uh, in each uh, uh, Oracle of Seasons and Ages specifically Ooh. are one of the few games they've actually beaten. And it was cool because each dungeon in those gives you a new item that lets you do some new ability. Oh, yeah. And the boss is always, like, you have to use that ability yeah, yeah. on the boss and in really unique, interesting ways. And um, I just, they seem simple conceptually, but hard to actually execute. Yeah. So I find those really fun and challenging. Yeah, Zelda does that a lot where it has the, um, it ex- its mechanics are really obvious. Like you mm. pick up a thing and you're like, okay, I'm going to be using this soon. Yeah. yeah. In a way that is sort of like meta textual. Yeah. Um, but in a way that doesn't distract from the sort of richness of the sort of theming and lore of the thing. Yeah. And if they, if they, it, lets, it never lets you forget it's a video game and that's to its benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Zelda bosses are hit and miss for me because I think the best ones are the ones that feel more like puzzles than bosses. Mm. Uh, I mean, like they can yeah, be big, dramatic events, but like you, you kind of like lose what you learned throughout the uh, the uh, what's the, the temple um, in order to you know finally get to this thing um, and defeat it, and it just feels really cool when like you use all of that stuff you learned in a very interesting and fascinating way mm-hmm. that makes it feel really cool when you you did it. Like you feel. I think I guess like the best Zelda bosses make you feel smart at the end instead of powerful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Breath of the Wild bosses, I was, I mean, some of them were pretty good, and some of them I didn't like at all. Mm. But the whole thing felt a little bit like um, not quite Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and I think that's what really colored my impression of the, how Breath of the Wild did it, yeah. which maybe isn't fair. 
but because Shadow of the Colossus is just a great masterclass in that in in yeah. puzzle based bosses that yeah. also uh, are difficult to uh, to execute. It's a it's a perfect balance between those two elements. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. a game that leverages all your existing knowledge as you go, even though you can tackle the bosses in any order. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, what you should watch a speed run of that sometime because then you just get a quick. Like round the world tour of all of that, all the mechanics and elements, and how they're all little variations on a theme, and it isn't actually that many things. It's just all uh, interacting in a slightly different way that makes each one unique and interesting. And depending on the order you do, you experience the ones you haven't seen yet in a in a way that is different from someone else who had a different set of bosses prior when they go to that one. Oh, that's it so cool! It makes it all really interesting and makes it a unique experience for each individual player. Yeah, wow! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, so I guess cool. Mega Man's like that too, and that you can do it in any order. But oh, Mega yeah. Man's a little more frustrating in that way, where you're like, "How do I do this? Yeah, like, <laughs> what weapon do I need for that?" Yeah. Like, you know, it's interesting because the way Mega Man works is uh, you are at your weakest at the start of the game, which is how most games work. But like, as a result of that, <laughs> the first level you do is the hardest level you're going to deal with until you like beat all the original bosses yeah once you beat one of them you can use that power up to beat the second boss more easily you just don't know which one that is yeah and that that's sussing it out a little bit yeah but also when you get those things it makes all the levels easier too right yeah Yeah. so it's it's like a weird curve it's like the difficulty curve goes down yeah yeah but i guess that makes you feel more powerful as a result Mm -hmm. it's a platformer with meta which is yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, I like the um the, I I've, I've, I've two minds about Mario bosses. Okay, mm-hmm. I think two D Mario bosses are pretty bad. Mm. Um, they're either too easy or too difficult, um, or or too boring. Like they're n- sure. none of them are really that great. Sure. Um, three D Mario bosses, some of the best experiences in video gaming. Yeah, they're all, a lot better. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, just, I mean, even just like the the simplest ones where like the um. The, in like Mario 64, when the, I, I wish I remember the names of all these things, um, but the big rock slab falls down and you got a, a ground pound oh, on King its band aid. Yeah. Womp, womp, one of those. But um, even the simpler ones, when you just the ground pound and the weight you're turning ground pound on it, yeah. like, are so fun and satisfying yeah. because you do so many of your platforming things in it. And the 3D Mario games have a, such an expanded moveset mm-hmm. that you don't always need all the time. And so sometimes you, you use them more often in a boss battle even though they were available to you all this time. Yeah. And so it lets you kind of like pull out your bag of tricks. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun. I, I, uh, I agree with you for the most part. I do think that I get much more frustrated with 3D Mario bosses when I do not understand how to beat them. Uh, uh, 2D Mario bosses are pretty simple. You just jump on the thing or dodge the thing until it Yeah, or throw it. a shell at it. Or There's a couple yeah. of them that are sort of interesting, but there's not a ton of tools. You just don't have as much moves you can do in, three, in 2D Mario games compared yeah. to 3D Mario games. But because there are so many opportunities in 3D Mario games, I some I sometimes will get confused as to what I'm supposed to do. So I'm spending like ten minutes going, uh, I don't know what I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do, dodging the things attacks, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, of course I have to hit this thing, and that doesn't feel good to me. Oh well, see that's the difference between you and me because yeah. you don't like the puzzle element as much as I do. I guess I yeah I guess I want a Mario boss to be like simple, but just like an execution thing. Right, right, right. You you want it to be more action. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm much more about the sussing it out. Sure. And so I like that balance and okay. like Odyssey, Mario Odyssey particularly like. Every boss leverages um, uh, environmental um, uh, mechanics from that level, yeah, um, in a way that is like so valuable because it really is a mo- it's like you've been training for this kind of like the be- yeah. metaphor we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm thinking of the one where you have um, you have to turn into that that uh, bird where you uh, poke 
uh, into the sides of walls. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I and love that. You have to get bird. on top of that big wooden robot. Oh, yeah. No, like, that's a good, that that's one is a good so good pod. because you have no idea how to do it. Mm. But you know exactly the tools you need to do it. Yeah. And so it's it's the figuring that out. And so it's it's really satisfying because it's not like a, oh, I do that. Like, yeah. you know what you know what you have to do. You just don't know exactly how to do it. And then you have to suss that out. Yeah. And then it becomes, okay, now that I know how to get there and what the correct path is, now I have to execute. Yeah. And then it becomes like an, and then it becomes purely an action game. Yeah. And it's super, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That, that boss particularly was really fun. I mm-hmm. like that one. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, Any other greatest hits? Um, I think the best boss ever is from Final Fantasy Six. <laughs> There's so many of them at this point. The one that's three. That's six, yeah. Okay. Three in the U.S., six everywhere else, and okay. now commonly known as six. But if you don't talk about Final Fantasy every day, it's still kind of hard to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Final Fantasy Six, where the whole level is on this train. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you have to like, go through all the cars and defeat all these things and like solve puzzles in the compartments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, spoilers... The boss is the train. <laughs> what? <laughs> it is so good. You jump out in front of the tracks yeah. and have to defeat the train. Does it like transform or something? Or is it just literally just a, a train? train. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's amazing. That is, that is amazing. Wow. <laughs> I want to probably look that up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> that's that's your number one. That's my number one. Yeah. Sticking um, with it. Thinking about a recent game, I really liked the Spider Man's bosses. I mean, okay. they, they had a great opportunity to use a ton of of characters, just like how the Batman games did with the whole you know rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, but in Spider Man, they had a thing these dual boss battles where they gave oh, you yeah. two supervillains that were completely different, and they made you fight them at the same time. Mm-hmm. They did that I think twice, um, and they're both really really interesting. And the environment that it takes place is interesting. One of them is in a um, like a, a like a, a shipyard full of shipping containers, and so a lot of it is you hiding and 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 getting the right place to spring from. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is completely airborne. Uh, the both of them are are flying bosses, and so you have to be constantly swinging uh, around these smokestacks. And uh, but each of them require different strategies to take out, and you have to keep be mindful where the other one is. Yeah. Those are those are very excellent because the bosses themselves are not that complicated. It's the combination of the two. Yeah. And the the that that makes it really interesting. That's cool. Um, and yeah, it keeps you on your toes, but still engages your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I awesome. like that one a lot. Yeah, that's all, that's that, that, that is sounds so cool. like a good design. Mm-hmm. Uh, any awful bosses from history? I can think of a few. Uh, there's <laughs> uh, Borderlands boss, which is basically someone in a helicopter. Thing, and it's so annoying because the ads are way too more, way too powerful. Yeah. So, um, also the only place you can hit the helicopter is on top of this tower. Oh. Which doesn't always have ads that come up there, or little enemies. Yeah. Sorry, I keep using the terminology, but anyway, <laughs> doesn't always have little enemies that come up there. Um, so the helicopter thing can immediately defeat you with one hit. Oh. And then you're stuck up there in, um, you know. Because in Borderlands, if you are dead, quote unquote, you can hit one more enemy and then it will res you mm. automatically. Um, and so you have to just sit there and wait for your res bar to go d- or your fight for your life bar to go down mm. um, because there's no one up there to, to defeat. To shoot, yeah. <laughs> and even if there was, they're too powerful. So you're sitting there like shooting at them and then you still die. So you <laughs> might as well just hit the like skip button and yeah. then and you have you get put uh, way 
<sighs> you get put uh, way back, back, but yeah. like in the hallway. Yeah. So you have to do the whole going down the elevator uh, animation again. And then the yeah. helicopter has all its health back. <laughs> the helicopter has all its health back. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to have Dylan come in and help me with when I get yeah, to that. That sounds yeah. annoying. Annoying as heck. I definitely there's those cases where a game is like nearly perfect that has like one little like grain of sand in your shoe. And mm-hmm. just like those are the those are worse than if the game is just mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and one good example of that is the final boss of Bioshock. Oh. Uh, and because the big twist in Bioshock, where you think you're going to be facing down Andrew Ryan, mm-hmm. is in fact not that. Spoilers for a 12-year-old game. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, is a much more powerful narrative element of the game. Well, you still, by virtue of the laws of video games, need a final boss after that. And yeah. so you end up firing this like roided-up flame person that, that just is like it's a cheap battle. It's not that interesting. Yeah. And it's pretty bog standard. Yeah. And it's not horror, or, or it doesn't have a lot of thriller elements the way that the rest of the fights in Bioshock has and mm-hmm. so it kind of it kind of just unspools the whole game in a way that's kind of annoying uh, um, which is to say it, I, it, the, I remember doing it not hating it yeah. but on reflecting on it not liking it at all sure you know and that's it's almost like a difference like it, mechanically it wasn't the worst it just didn't fit with the rest of the game at all yeah in a way that and it's uh, you know there's plenty of more uh, you know online complaints about why this is bad um, or maybe probably maybe a impassioned defense or two I, I, I'd be curious but but that's the thing. When you design these things, it has to be like, uh, we talked about this, like of a piece. It has yeah. to fit with your game. It does. Um, yeah. Can't just throw a random boss from the city into the jungle. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless that's the shtick. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, 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 then that's the game. Yeah. Um, I think uh, like nin- the newer Ninja Guidance, the 3D ones, uh, I tend to not like those bosses very much. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, you with a lot of them, like you get used to a certain move set that you have to deal with when you're going through the levels, and then the boss has what feels like near instant attacks, not enough things to tell you that they're about to do a thing, yeah. and they'll deal a ton of damage to you. And like the first ten times you do it, you don't you don't have a full picture of it. And then finally, at the eleventh time, you can like use your knowledge to try to figure out what the how to beat the boss. Um, but like in the beginning, it just feels like you're just getting beat down, and you literally cannot do anything. Yeah, and that doesn't feel great. Those are yeah. Those are ones I don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about yeah. was some really good boss design is in Vengeance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I well, love those bosses so much because yeah. you make you've made them so that each one has like unique mechanics and uh, and interesting things you have to do to defeat them, mm-hmm. um, and they feel just challenging enough that. Uh, you can you can die pretty easily to them, but also if you figure out how to how to get them, then uh, then it's pretty fun. Yeah, so I I like them a lot, especially like the the um, well, I like all of them, but I like the the guy that comes at you. What? Oh, the one that charges at you. Yeah, the, the giant death, death ray. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, <laughs> and the, the biggest ray. baddest turret. Yes, and. The, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, and, the, and the squid mama who sends little baby squids at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, I I wish I could take credit for a lot of the boss design, but most of the boss design is because uh, of Lane Davis, mm-hmm. um, he, who you know works on the game with uh, with us on it. Um, and like, yeah, he does a very good job. He spends a lot of time like making sure that the bosses 
um, like visually appealing and but still like tells enough information so the player can react to things. Yeah, yeah, I want like little action figures of all the bosses. Yeah, <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> what's nice too is that like the and I think you've described the process to me. You use a lot of temp art or Lane does when putting it together. Yeah. And then you then uh, Charles goes in and sort of paints them over with what the design was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it lets you do sort of a very creative um, gray boxing that kind of gets you most of the way there, yeah, which is really interesting. Um, and I think that's really it's really effective because all the bosses thematically make a lot of sense. So when you like, they're all these fantasy mix of like undersea creatures and giant robots, yeah, and so they're, they're completely made up and have no analog at all in, <laughs> it, to anything. But like they make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What they do tracks with what you expect them to do. Yeah, even though each one is a totally unique experience and requires a different type of strategy. So like, um, like the the giant death ray, yeah. requires a lot of like um risk risk reward. Where you're like, how long am I gonna keep shooting at it before I get out of the way? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then like the um the big jellyfish. It has uh, waves of its children coming at you, and they all sort of slowly, like zombies, come towards you. Yeah. So that's a matter of like managing your resources and how much to attack the ads versus yeah. the, the the boss, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the um, I forget the name of it, but the one that is it has it has a couple of stages where it, it uh, uh, knocks down these pillars at you. Yes. Uh, oh man, that's from a recent one, and I can't remember it now either. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's the, probably the newest one, yeah. right? And that one's really interesting because it requires a lot more um, like a, 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 a cautious play, yeah. which up to that point in the game, you've been slowly teaching yourself to not play cautiously mm. because you get better at it. Yeah. And that's and I like that's a really good thing where it pulls the rug under from you in a way that is really satisfying. Yeah. Um, so each one of them is different and they all leverage different things about what's fun about Vengeance yeah. in a way that's really focused which is really really cool yeah. yeah. so everyone should look at that as an example yes. we should put some gifs or something in the, the notes so people can get a good look at these things Ooh, yeah I think I got a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll link to some yeah. mm-hmm. and like Vengeance could be just you could make a you do in fact have a boss rush mode right mm-hmm. uh, well we don't have a boss rush mode we have a time attack mode that you can fight the bosses but we do want to put a boss yeah. rush mode in it's there. a game that could work for that mm-hmm. um, but because um, the levels themselves they're not, they're not I wouldn't call them short yeah. but they're they're not extensive you get to a boss pretty quickly yeah like you you're never like when is that boss coming like you, you're always getting there which is like really good it's time it's paced really well yeah um, but I feel like there's just enough level and I think this is where it compares, uh, you know, not to make a direct comparison, but where uh, Cuphead has a couple of platforming levels. They're mm-hmm. all kind of terrible. Yeah. And like, um, I think your game does a much better balance of like the sort of like bog standard gameplay with a lot of interesting new ideas. Mm-hmm. And then, but then really just, it's very boss focused. Yeah. In a way that you would almost not expect, um, but doesn't overwhelm. It feels like a really great balance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I, I, the like the levels themselves are kind of like extensions of the boss battle. Like you have to you have to get to the level to get to the boss battle. But like um, as a result, you know there's a boss at the end of it. So like you have to be cognizant of that and try to you know manage your health and stuff and make sure you don't you don't lose too much of it so that like you are prepared for the end boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing that's probably missing from Vengeance mm-hmm. is what Martha was describing with raid bosses, where because yeah. um, the, the uh, teamwork is a big pillar, a uh, design pillar yeah. for Vengeance. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what's also good about it is that you can be a team player by playing selfishly. Yeah. Right. That's a great. That's a really cool. It makes it very approachable. Yeah. But I would like to see a boss that requires specific teamwork. We've um, we've toyed with that. The, the issue is is that Finn, you can also play by yourself. Yeah. So well, it would be uh, maybe mode or yeah. I'm well, just imagining there's a way totally, to do it. But. We've totally we've totally thought about that, and I think that like uh, we have we have some things concepted that like could work for us, us like a multiplayer only boss. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tricky because you have to decide, like, well, is this something we add as a bonus? Is this something that we try to incorporate into the core design? Or is this something we decide this game doesn't have? Yeah. And I think any of those are valid choices. Um, yeah, it would be it would be really good because it is teamwork is the core. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can certainly make. I mean, you could find a way to have your cake and eat it too. You could have a boss where it, playing alone, there's that one strategy, mm-hmm. but playing with a, a team um, and executing the perfect strategy is like insta kill. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then that maybe that becomes a little more puzzly than I think either you or Lane are excited about. But like. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? That yeah. you can then you wouldn't have to change the design of it at all. It would still just work in both scenarios. Yeah. Where if you if you execute like masterful teamwork, then you don't have to execute masterful twitch shooting. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. No, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, with that, that is our show. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We mentioned it at the top of the show. Um, we got a bunch of new listeners, and we'd hope that you can give us uh, uh, some help in finding even more. But hey, all you listeners who've been around since the beginning, we need your help too. <laughs> so leave a review and be sure to tell all your friends too. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank we you really so much. appreciate it. That's the thing is, uh, you know, it's. It's the people who told their friends <laughs> <laughs> because they were also nice yes. uh, that got us where we are. And so as much as you know, we ask for more, um, really, we, we're dependent on you. And we thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. for listening and engaging with us, contacting us uh, on Twitter at Nice Games Club, sending us emails, contact at NiceGames.club. Uh, oh, the feedback form. Yes. Con- oh, wow. I was going to say contact at NiceGames.club. <laughs> NiceGames.club slash feedback. Yeah. Yes. Uh, give us your feedback and uh, let us know what we're doing wrong because we really appreciate that and we're very thankful when we get that kind of uh, um, uh, 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 response from people because it helps make the show better. Yeah. And so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and of course, um, you can uh, find out more about the show and your nice host as well as get all the links and show notes and Fingence GIFs <laughs> from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Congratulations. You have defeated the Nice Games Club boss. Ah. Now, here is Wait, your... are we like a three-headed boss? Or is <laughs> or we like eat... Steven the boss? I and thought then... I, was, uh, I was doing the grunt. Ah. <laughs> and you and I are the endlessly respawning minions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm over here. No, I'm over here. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> we could be like different thematic bosses. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, when someone makes the, the nice boss rush adaptation of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs>
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.